this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, the amazing, the astonishingly gifted and smart Kimberly Majeski. Thanks for coming alongside. It's good to be here, Jim. Appreciate that introduction. Well, I can only use superlatives in describing you today because not only are you a principal and star here on the radio, if I could say so, (laughs) but now you've moved also to the television screen. Tell me about that. Yes, I was so honored to get to be interviewed for a documentary called Jesus, His Life. It'll be uh, airing in March on the History Channel and A&E, looking at the relationships of Jesus with some of the closest people in his life. So the History Channel and A&E are doing this documentary. It's called Jesus, His Life, His Story. Yeah. And uh, you have been brought in as one of those talking heads, one of those commentators. That's exactly what they called us, talking That's, heads. <laughs> no more beautiful talking head than Kimberly Majeski. And you were able to help bring content to the documentary live on air. That's right. About these important figures on the stage with Jesus so long ago. Yeah, I was uh, specifically asked to bring insight to uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then also got to do some research and speak on Caiaphas and Pontius Pilate. So it was an interesting uh, experience, to say the least. Well, we are so excited, Kimberly, for this new adventure on your side, but also for all of us. So proud to know you because what that says is that the world beyond even our studio here recognizes the capacity and the ability and the passion and the truth of what you have learned and how you can share it. And we are so glad to have you here with us on Viewpoint today and always as our co-host. Thanks so much. So proud to know you. So proud to know you. And whether it's here on the History Channel, talking about Jesus is what I love to do. So thanks for having me. That'll be the History Channel and A&E on cable starting the week of March 25th, every Monday night through Easter, which falls on April 21st this year. And, you know, this is a great segue, Kimberly, because we are so glad to have our audience tuned in with us on Viewpoint today as we talk about truth, because what you're talking about in a documentary about Jesus and his story is about truth. It's about true history, 20 centuries ago, but still real Mm -hmm. and still influential history. And truth is real today also. Mm -hmm. And we're struggling in a time when there's a lot of question marks about, well, what is really true? (laughs) We have all kinds of words being thrown out in headlines and in Uh, interviews, you know, is it honest? Is it fake? Is it authentic? Does it really matter? And once you start questioning, is something true? Sometimes people move to the next step, which is, well, maybe nothing's really true, or does it really matter? Or maybe there is something true, but it probably doesn't really have any consequence. Maybe I just need to learn how to manage information in a way that helps me survive, even if that divorces me from the truth. Hmm. That's what we want to talk about today. And we think we've got some good news and some truth to share. Kimberly, could you ever say that you've ever deceived someone? Have you ever told something that you know was not true? Oh, yes. Let's not, let's not ask that question of me. <laughs> well, thank you for your very honest answer. You told the truth and acknowledging... Oh, there are some moments you could recall where maybe you didn't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Yes. And I have to say the same. And the truth is, I think everyone alive says the same. Sure. If we're honest, because we've all had moments where we were tempted to deceive, to Mm -hmm. lie. Mm -hmm. Why would we do that? Why do we even think about doing that? For myself, it's usually because I wanted to protect my reputation or maybe avoid some consequence that I thought if the truth were known, I'd pay a price. Sure. 
And I think that's true for most people. Yeah. A lot of times I want to control the image that I've put into the world. And so I might not tell the truth because I don't want people to know really the inside me or what I'm thinking or feeling or what the, what the real situation is behind. In fact, I think fear is often the right. inspiration for falsehood. Because if I tell the truth, I fear that I'll be rejected or that mm-hmm. I'll suffer some harm or somehow I'll be set to the side or walked by or abandoned. And if I can just persuade people not to believe the truth about me so that I can have a facade, a veneer right. that is more pleasing to them, then I'll find more acceptance and more security in my world. At the root of falsity, there's always self. Yeah. It's my sense of self-preservation and protecting myself and surviving myself. Oh, but wait a minute. That can lead to all kinds of mischief and harm. Mm. And we usually, no, I'll say we always do ourselves more harm by trying to pretend and lie than we do by simply telling the truth up front. That's right. They, I often hear that uh, the cover-up is worse than the crime, right? And that's what we do in our own lives. We go that extra mile to to cover up what we've done, whether that situation will come forward or not, it's it's the work we do to conceal that is really problematic. And we're always thinking, we're tempted to believe that, well, we can tell a lie and it will never be discovered. Mm-hmm. You know, in the moment, we make this decision that we're going to deceive and we have a choice to make, and we do so believing that, well, we'll just be able to keep that under wraps. We just won't that will never see the light of day. Right. But that's rarely the case because truth has a way in its objective reality of always surfacing. And then we are often put in the position of making another choice. Do we continue to lie or do we simply own the fact that we have lied mm-hmm. and own the truth in its original sense? All of this is a complicated and yet still fundamental part of human experience. Right. And then we're led to, well, what difference does it make anyway? So what? I lied here. I was uncovered there. It doesn't really matter. Oh, but wait a minute. Truth really does matter. And telling a lie always has a negative consequence. And that brings us to a famous story Mm -hmm. from a long time ago, a story I believe that has to do with real people in real time. And what's interesting about the story is that the two principals in the story are people who are really good people. By all the measure of their community, They're good people. They're generous. They're hardworking. They're disciplined. They're part of a community of faith. And from the outside, they would appear to be altogether legit. But they come to an intersection where they somehow succumb to the temptation to deceive. And the consequences are huge. It's a great lesson for all of us. Stay with us as we tell you about two people, a husband and wife named Ananias and Sapphira. My heart is overwhelmed And I cannot hear your voice I hold on to what is true Though I cannot see If the storms of life they come And the road ahead gets steep I will lift these hands in faith I will believe I remind myself Thank you. 
We're so glad that you're with us on Viewpoint today, and as you're listening to our program, we want to tell you the truth. We have a toll-free number that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call at any time, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. A live voice will answer that phone, and a member of our Viewpoint team will be in touch. We want to hear about your requests, your concerns, your comments, your ideas, your questions, even a prayer request. We're so glad to hear from your voice always. I'll give you the number again at the end of our broadcast today, but know this, 1-800-757-8439. We want to hear from you. Kimberly, the story of Ananias and Sapphira, a story about truth or dare, is found in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5. And uh, I know you have your text open. What does it say? Chapter 5, I'm beginning in verse 1 here. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished, and after selling it, The money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what happened. That is really one dramatic narrative. It sure is. I mean, it's fast-moving, it's fast-paced, and it's so real. It is, in a way, fearful because it dramatizes how important the truth is. There's so much in this story, which I believe is real history, that should inform us today. And first up, I just have to say that the consequence of deceit is not just about the person you're talking to. There is a God of heaven that listens and knows what we say. And in this narrative, Ananias and Sapphira both believed they were only speaking to one person. They were speaking to Peter as they answered his questions. Mm. But what is clear is there was a host in heaven that was also paying attention. We need to all be sobered by this. It's not just the person we're talking to. There's a bigger audience, a more important audience that understands the integrity or the lack thereof in our hearts. And the consequences can be real. We should say too, Jim, that the context of this story is the the first weeks of the early church. And if we back up to Acts 2, for instance, we know that what's been happening is the believers are gathering together, they're selling their possessions, they're sharing what they have, so that the scripture tells us no one is in need. They're taking care of the poor. And so when Ananias and Sapphira make this decision to withhold and then to lie about it, they're really affecting the community. And those values that had been set in place at the birth of the church, that this was going to be a place where we 
take care of one another, where we provide for each other. And they had transgressed that in this act. And what's interesting also to me is that the whole story is set by their intentionality for doing good. They didn't have to sell the property. They right. didn't have to give anything. They didn't have to lie about anything. All they had to do was keep what they had. Or if they wanted to sell the property, say, well, we're going to keep some in the bank and we'll give you this mm-hmm. portion. It was the nature of the way in which they presented their gift that is the problem. But so much of our good intentions can lead us into a trap. And we have to be committed to the truth Always, even if you're doing good, don't think that you can lie to achieve a better end. Mm. That is never the way of heaven. If you're going to do good, do good and do it truthfully. Mm. And don't try and pretend otherwise. There's another striking piece of this narrative, and that is Peter calls out Ananias with these words. How was it that you let Satan inspire you to do this? (laughs) The scripture is pretty clear. No, it's very clear. Satan is the father of all lies. When we think that we are telling an untruth and that that untruth is, well, incidental or doesn't really matter or God doesn't care or, you know, no. Satan is the one who will prompt you to lie. And none of us want to be taking our cues from hell itself. And if you're tempted to lie, no. The voice that is telling you to deceive, the voice that is trying to say, protect yourself, don't disclose, uh, make sure that the whole truth doesn't get out. That is not the voice of heaven. Mm. That's the voice of Satan himself. Satan means the adversary. He is the adversary of that which is true. Jesus is truth. Mm. He's the opposite, the father of lies. That's what Jesus calls him. And he warns people, even those who are in the community of faith, Jesus does, don't be like your father. He equates those who tell lies to their father, not their father in heaven, Mm. but their father in hell. And Wow, that really puts this narrative and our own lives in stark relief. But Kimberly, with all of that at stake, why do you think that they would have lied in the first place? Why not just tell the truth? What do you think it was? I think they probably wanted to preserve. I think they wanted to be maybe a part of this community. They were um, deciding that they were going to jump in and give this whole Jesus movement a chance. But in the time and in the world they lived, it was hard on you if you were in poverty. They didn't have what they needed. They would have been dependent on other people. And so probably they just snuck a little back to have an assurance, a safety net if if something did happen or, or catastrophic did befall them. And you know, that makes sense, honestly. I think all of us could understand that as a reasonable mm-hmm. approach. But why not just say that? I mean, why not just say, you know, my faith isn't so great yet that I can give everything, but I will give you this much. Why not just tell the truth? I think they had that calculus. They weren't ready to give the whole amount, and maybe that was because of a weakness in their faith. Mm -hmm. But at the root of it was a kind of pride. Mm -hmm. They wanted people to believe something about them that was better than they were. Or they wanted to have a face that was false, that people would believe something about them that was better than actually true. Again, controlling that public image, controlling that the way that people see us is so important and gets us in such trouble. And it's very likely that there were other people in this community who were giving everything, all the proceeds from whatever they had disposed of. And they may have felt like smaller than that, or we don't want people to think we're less than. 
perhaps they didn't care about the other people, what they were doing, but they just wanted to be at the front of the line, the people mm-hmm. who were praised for being uh, so good and so on. You know, mm-hmm. there's a terrible thirst and hunger in us to be praised and affirmed by others. And that's always also a kind of dead end. What mm-hmm. we need is the praise of heaven. We need the aff- affirmation of God, our maker, and the world can make its own judgments. But in this case, they lied. And my only understanding can be it was based on pride. And that's why lying and pride so often go hand in hand. So people who are prideful or maybe insecure so much that they have to lie to protect their pride, that those are often intertwined. And a person who's humble and self-effacing, who is comfortable in their own skin, someone who understands that their worth is only measured by heaven's grace, that's really the only measure that counts, Mm -hmm. those people are much less likely to lie. And so in life, the people who are humble Mm -hmm. are the ones I more easily trust. Mm -hmm. People who are filled with pride, and we all understand how that can be worn on our own sleeve Mm -hmm. or sometimes on the sleeves of others, are more prone and tempted to lie. Don't detach these two things. Your humility will keep you honest. And so they lied, and the consequences were grave, no pun intended, (laughs) but they were grave. They lost their lives. Does it seem extreme, really? It, I mean, it does. I have to say, it does seem extreme to me. I mean, just knocked dead right in the middle of the town uh, for what they've the, done Does here. the penalty exceed the crime? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think by human measure, that's a natural analysis for us to make. But if you read the scripture, you'll see that God makes it clear that lying is in line with some other really dreadful Mm -hmm. human conduct. There's a passage in Revelation where the author of Revelation, John the Apostle, is talking about who's going to be received into heaven's gate and who's not. And, And he says, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars. Ouch. (laughs) I think this verse helps underscore for us that lying is not at some kind of lesser level of offense Mm, before God. mm. It's really a life and death matter. All of us have struggled with lying, as you and I, Kimberly, have both admitted. Mm -hmm. We have lied. And The remedy for that is to own it and to ask God to forgive us and to seek his Holy Spirit to fill us, to empower us to withstand the temptation the next time that a lie might be close to being spoken by us. Lying is a serious business. And yes, the the dropping dead seems draconian, but as you were describing at the beginning, Kimberly, the whole community of faith was being established, a whole new world order was being proclaimed. Perhaps God in his wisdom knew that this kind of signal outcome had to be impressed upon everyone who was a part of that first century church. But by the same token, I think we cannot underestimate the fact that if you live a lie, there's a natural physical stress that takes place. That's true. And and there is a physical consequence to living in Mm. deceit. Mm -hmm. It takes so much energy, it takes so much stress to be able to always perform to the lie instead of just being yourself. There's real freedom in telling the truth, even if it's a truth of which you might be prone to be ashamed. Well, what to do? We're here to tell you that no matter what your journey's been, no matter how many lies you might have told or been tempted to tell, no matter what you're thinking about right now or what lie you might be living right now, 
there's always a chance to turn a new page. You can have a new day and a new start, and you can live in the wonder and the beauty and the light of truth. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And those things go together, a way of living. Mm -hmm. Truth is framing it, and it brings life. You can find life in owning that truth. How to get started? Start with us by praying right now. Just take a deep breath and know that you can join us on this prayer and speak to God, your maker, and you can come clean. Our Father, we're thankful that you are pure, sovereign, that you are truth, that you are powerful but also gracious, and that you are loving, and that you love us more than we love ourselves, and that you long for us to have life more than we long for it ourselves, and you want us to be whole and free more than we do ourselves. But we're thankful, Lord, that you are also not willing to allow us to live a lie. And so we ask, Lord, that you will just flood our hearts and our minds right now with your presence and your spirit, your mind. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us to identify those places where we may have been untruthful, where we may need to make some makeups, where we have to do some remedy. Lord, help us to know what to confess. And Lord, help us to come clean. Help us not to hide behind lies, Lord, no matter how much we fear the truth. Help us to know that the truth will set us free. And I pray, Lord, that we will surrender our lives now, each of us, into the hands of Jesus Christ the Lord, who was nailed to a cross for our lies and our sin and our failure of every kind, and that he has paid the price for them so that we could have a fresh start and a new life and be born again. I pray, Lord, that we now, surrendering our lives to you, will be people of the truth, that we will speak the truth and own the truth and know that you will honor that truth always. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for setting us free. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. just prayed that prayer with us and you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, what have I done? Oh no, this can't be true. No, no, I can't go back. I can't go home and tell my wife the truth. I can't go home and tell my children the truth. I can't tell my boss the truth. Yes, you can. How can we help you? Call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're right by the phone. We will pray with you. We will walk with you. We will stand by you. You can do it. You could also call us for any other cause and just 
share your thoughts or seek prayer for some other part of your life, but know we want to hear from you. Kimberly, I know some people are a little bit reluctant to call and talk to a live person on the phone, but they could check us out online. Where would they go? They could. You could visit us online at www.cbhviewpoint.org and send us a message and we'll respond. That's right. You can read about the ministry there. You can read about our convention coming up in June, about going to the Holy Land with us in January next. And you can also send us a message, CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope, cbhviewpoint.org. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, please, let us hear from you this week. To tell you the truth, Kimberly, (laughs) always feel better when you're in the house. Thanks so much for coming alongside. Thanks for having me. Good conversation today. And we are so thankful that you tuned in. We hope you'll be with us again next week. Yes, we're going to talk about the truth some more. Truth or dare, fact or fiction, it really does matter for all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.